Welcome to the four-part teaching series, Understanding Your Dreams, featuring Cindy McGill. In this series, you'll learn about God's perspective on dreams and why interpreting them is important. And now, here's your host, Jeff Tharp. Happy Wednesday, everybody. This is part two of four-part, our four-part series uh, called Understanding Your Dreams with Cindy McGill. So if you haven't watched part one, you can stick around. It's all great information. Last episode was awesome. So I'm really looking forward to today's episode. I know a lot of you guys are as well. You got a lot of positive feedback. So it's going to be an exciting time. There you go. Uh, without any further ado, man, let, I just I want to get right into this. So let's embark on the journey of part two of four of Understanding Your Dreams with Cindy McGill. Cindy McGill, welcome back. Thank you. Yeah, I'm here. You're, yeah, you're 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 windswept. You got I your know, fan, right? The, the breeze blowing, all that good stuff. Yeah, I know it's fun. I yeah. have the fan going, so yep. I figured let's just make it like an outdoor restaurant bar slash yeah. you know fun yeah. place where the whole wall like opens up. <laughs> the whole yeah. walls open. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Beach. Yeah. Okay. So Cindy, what are we going to be talking about today? Okay. I, I think we're going to talk about common dreams, common dream themes, and then we're going to, I'm going to give you some of the, uh, probably the top 10 dreams uh, categories that we found in our learning to interpret dreams ourselves. Um, I also, you know, I want to tell you that we've been doing this for a while in the beginning I want to encourage everybody that it wasn't always like easy, like it was for some people. For me, uh, I got really lost in detail. I, I overinterpreted the dream. I um, ran it through my filter. I made it say things it didn't say. Mm. Uh, the poor dreamer sat there, you know, with a puzzled face, wondering why I'm even there. And mm. but I just kept going because I figured. Uh, in fact, it was. During the 2002 Winter Olympics, we had dream teams on the streets and we were preschool dream interpreters. And I'm not even kidding about that. Like, yeah. um, and uh, I was threatened. I was just like, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to do this. We went into this place where they had uh, told us, yes, come back. We have a we have a bar. We have a place open. It's a quiet space. You can interpret there. It'll be good for our business and it'll draw people in and whatever. And um, someone who was very good on our team interpreting dreams was actually called away to a private party during the 2002 Winter Olympics. So um, I was I was nervous because I had the whole team and I didn't know what to do. Right. Mm. And um, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, will you chill out? I know yeah. how to do this. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how yeah. it started. Yeah. Where I mean, it was a success. It was a home run. It was like God said, will you why are you putting so much uh, emphasis on yourself? Why are you trying to take this on? And uh, when you've learned to listen to God, he will give you the language. He will give you the interpretation. He will tell you what to say. But there are some principles that we learned and some things I think that will help weed through some of the complicated, you know, when people are start telling you a dream and sometimes they can be three and four pages or, or, it's a dream within a dream within a dream, you know, or something like that. And you're, I can follow it now, but for people that are just learning to interpret, that is a tough call, Yeah, you know? Yeah. So I want to help p- 
people begin to realize we talked about last week, the importance of dreams mm -hmm. and why we need to pay attention to them. And now we're going to help you understand um, what we think uh, simplified the four categories of dreams that we found on the most common because all, most all of our dreams in the beginning were all in the, on the streets. You know, we were interpreting uh -huh. for people that weren't going to church, didn't know any, they didn't have God consciousness. They didn't any of it. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the top 10 dreams that we found were reoccurring. And I'll explain why that's important. And then also I want to teach you in the beginning um, how to find the focus of a dream. Because without knowing what the focus is, you can slant the whole interpretation. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and what I found about learning to find when I'm listening, first off, we talked about um, listening intently. We talked about li uh, listening to a dreamer tell a dream. Okay. So that would mean that you listen to hear instead of listen to respond. And you have to go in when the dreamer's telling you shove everything out of your head. That means all of your thoughts, all of your past experiences, even if it's something close to what you had experienced or maybe dreamt yourself, you want to shove all that out of your own head and then begin to listen intently to what they're saying. And the way that I've learned to do this is that I will have them tell me a dream and I listen with, you know, imagining or dreaming the dream myself with them. Then I repeat back what I heard them say. Okay. Verbatim, using their language, using their dream uh, symbols, using everything. I'll, I'll say, here's what I heard you say. Here's what I heard you tell me about, you know, your dream. Make sure that I got it right. Then I find the focus of the dream. Now, in finding the focus of a dream, you want to say, if this, if this particular person uh, wasn't in this dream, or if our object or whatever, if this wasn't in the dream, would the dream still happen? Hmm. Okay, so uh, I have a, a example of that. So uh, you've got um, John. And John has a dog and the dog gets loose and it's running around and, and he's panicking because he doesn't know where the dog went. And so he begins to call up his friends and say, can you come and help me look for my dog? And so the dog's running around and people are now all looking for the dog. So, uh, and they, they do find the dog and bring it back. Now, that has to do with, it tells me two things. It's a self-revealing dream. And it tells me that, that John has a real, um, a commitment and a, and a, a place in his heart for this dog that mm -hmm. he seems to really care about. Right. But, but what's the focus of that dream? It's a simple dream, right? Mm -hmm. What's the focus of the dream? Is it the dog? Is it the people that he calls to come and look because he'll name some of those people. Mm -hmm. Right. But who is the focus of the dream? Well, the focus of the dream is John. Mm. Okay. So because if John wasn't in the dream and a dog got loose, the dream wouldn't happen. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. So yeah, I think um, the immediate reaction would be, oh, the dog, because, you know, it's all about the dog and he's chasing the dog around. So like that's... John, yeah. John was the most active in the dream. Mm-hmm. So he, he saw that he opened the door, the dog got out. Then John 
called all yeah. these people. Okay. And then John with the people went looking for the dog and were in a panic to try and find this dog because it was, you know, whatever, maybe yeah. expensive, maybe just really, really a personal mm -hmm. um, love for this dog. So that would be the focus of the dream. Because if John wasn't in the dream, the dog wouldn't have gotten out. There would be no dog. There would be yeah. there would be no story. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you want to try and find that focus of the dream. Who's the most important figure in the dream? And so once I've learned to find the focus of a dream, you can nail the interpretation. And I think that I want to plant that and park that in there for now because next week we'll hit on it again. Okay. And we'll give you some uh, examples of dreams and, and that kind of thing, too. We'll do that today, too. But um, but that'll be a real important thing for you to to understand because it simplifies. It takes a lot of the um, all of the you know, sometimes people will tell you a million different objects in the dream. So you're fishing around. It's almost like you're 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 shoving things. You're, you're pushing. You're pulling things out, trying to go. What, what 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 is in this dream what what's important about this dream you know like what, what is the focus of this dream so i just try and, and bring it to where you find the focus then you apply all the other pieces it's like making a puzzle okay. it's like putting the puzzle together it makes a mm -hmm. picture yeah okay so like we went into a new age bookstore we were doing dream interpretation <laughs> in a new age bookstore twice a month for two years. Awesome. Wow. And we did it because they were very open to having dreams interpreted. Um, and then they, uh, they said, well, uh, let us in, uh, let, let me hear you interpret a dream I've had. And we prayed and asked God, it was, I call him the, um, the dream interpreter, the, uh, dream interpreter intercessors. <laughs> we got uh -huh. together and we all prayed beforehand uh -huh. and said, yeah. God, like Daniel, like give us a dream. I mean, Nebuchadnezzar wanted the dream and the interpretation of the dream. Mm -hmm. He didn't just want you to, and he wasn't going to tell you the dream. So kind of thing. So when we did, it was spot on. It hit the mark. It was different than anybody else. It was not, he, he had, because he owned the owner of this guy, a place uh, owned the new age store. It was different than having a psychic. Yeah. He had something to con contrast it to, right? Mm -hmm. And we told him just what Joseph told Pharaoh. Hey, it's not me. God's going to give you the interpretation of peace. He's going to give you the answer of peace. So we told him where it came from. And uh, so he allowed us. He said, how many dreams? I said, we're just practicing. We're learning to interpret. And he said, how many dreams do you need? in order to become really good at this or be a master dream interpreter. And I said, a thousand, <laughs> just off the top of my head, right? <laughs> because I figured it'd keep us in there for a while, which yeah. it did. And so um, there was a woman who came in on Thursday night and she was, she actually told us this dream. She said, in the morning, I get up every morning, I have a repetitive dream. And I want to tell you the reason why that's important. Okay. Um, she, let me tell you the dream first. She had an, a, a repetitive dream that every morning she would get up and eat a bowl of spiders. Okay. That's her dream. That's pretty gnarly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I said, I feel like you're, it's a warning dream of a sort that you need to change your spiritual food. Mm. What you're eating isn't satisfying you. What you're eating isn't giving you uh, substance. It's not giving you nourishment. Mm -hmm. 
And the reason why you want to listen for someone to tell you a dream they've had more than one time, that's kind of how we approach it on the streets. We say, do you have a dream you can't forget? That tells me it's an impacting dream, probably from God. Or do you have a dream that you've had more than one time? And if you look back in Genesis 40 and 41, it talks about Pharaoh. Joseph said to Pharaoh, he talked about the cows and the wheat. Pharaoh did to Joseph. Mm -hmm. The skinny cows swallowing up the fat cows, the scrawny wheat swallowing up the full grains of head, uh, wheat, wheat. And Pharaoh and Joseph said to uh, Pharaoh this, he said, you've had the dream twice because God is establishing something. That's, that's your scripture for a repetitive dream. Yeah, that also yeah. tells you that God's knocking on the door because see, God's always talking. People just aren't always listening and God's trying to get people's attention. And if he needs to allow them, are you saying that dreams from God? No, I'm saying that it was a self-revealing dream and a warning dream about that woman. So she was realizing this isn't satisfying me. I'm eating spiders every morning and I'm having a repetitive dream about this. So she's the focus of the dream because she is in a spiritual change. Mm-hmm. She's in a transition time spiritually. So she's, she's going to have to change her food. She's needing the bread of life. Right. She just needs him in a different wrapper. Yeah. We find that to be true everywhere mm-hmm. we go for the most part people are starving to death spiritually they just need jesus in a different wrapper yep. they need him because he is the bread of life he is living water you know yeah or and even who- to really experience him because some mm-hmm. of these people came came from a church background where the gifts were uh squelched yeah and they're only it's like half drawn breaths at that point yeah. right so, exactly yeah. So when you, when you find someone that they've had a dream more than one time, there's your scripture reference for you've had the dream twice. You've had the dream three times. We ran into a guy at the Sundance Film Festival who had had a dream three times a week for seven years. Wow. That's torture. Yeah, especially if it's not a good dream. Well, he was never getting an answer. Yeah. Like, in other words, he was battling. And what we found out is that he was raised by a single mom. Okay. And his coach, his baseball coach, was a spirit-filled man, was a Christian man. Hmm. And he was the father figure in this guy's life because he had no father, which Hmm. we're finding that to be more and more true all the time. And um, he'd had the dream three times a week for seven years. Seven years ago, he decided that he would just, after high school, he would just take off and go on a self-exploration thing. He just wanted to travel. He wanted to just work here and there and get enough money to make it to the next place. And he went all over the world and he would just show up at different events and just really search life, okay, for himself. And what was happening is the dream that he had for seven, three times a week for seven years is that he was a baseball player (laughs) and he could never find his bat or he couldn't find his mitt or he couldn't get his locker open or he was late for the game 
or he didn't have the right dress, you know, a baseball outfit and all of this. So when we got a hold of him, we realized this is a dream from God. Like you're running from your own destiny. Mm. You're running from your own. This is the very thing that, you know, you're not in the game, man. You're not even in the game. You, you're, you're, everything you're doing to try and get yourself in the game is frustrated. Yeah. You can't find your locker. You can't get it open. You can't find your bat. You're not equipped. You're not ready. And we found out that a week before we found him at the Sundance Film Festival, he had just been home to attend a funeral of someone who died who was close to their family. And that baseball coach, who was like a father to that kid, was at that funeral. Wow. And he had just seen him for the first time in seven years. Wow. And we were like, how much do you need? How much more? <laughs> like, because you're going to keep having that dream. Mm -hmm. It's almost like you've got it. We went, we just went there with him. We yeah. said, you've got a call on your life. Mm -hmm. You know, you've been given instruction by someone who know who took interest in you, who adopted you as a son, really, mm -hmm. and loves you. And yet you're running from the all the instruction, all the things he taught you, all the things that he invested in your life. You're running from it. Mm. And so you're being tormented almost by having this dream yeah. three times a week for seven years. I said, yeah. once you get with once you get back in the game, once you connect with the purpose of your own life and what God has for you, that dream will stop. You won't have that dream anymore. Hmm. And he was like, oh, man. And you could see he was sweating because he really wanted to try and do it on his own. Mm -hmm. You know, he wanted to try. <laughs> and yeah. I said, Let, can we just pray with you that, you know, that you would put all this other stuff, all this running, all this, you know, trying all these things. You've done it now for seven years. Nothing has satisfied you. You're no... You're not more accomplished. You're not going to college. You're not educated. You know, you're not preparing for your, your long-term life. You're just messing around, yeah. you know. And, Wheels spinning in mud kind of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he was like, no, you know, I just, and so I was, we were all but sitting on him, like begging him <laughs> to let, like, yeah. man, dude. This yeah. can't be. This is pretty be, crystal clear. I said to him, I said, do you think this is a coincidence? Yeah. You know, do you, I mean, honest, this is a God setup right here. Yeah. And I don't doubt that when he went back home for that family friend funeral, you know, that, that, that guy who took him like a son and loved him like that baseball coach was praying for him. Oh, I'm sure. And we were the ones yeah. who encountered him at this film festival at that moment, he just happened to be in that lobby of that hotel at that moment, you know? Mm, yeah. So I'm like, these, these things are just too cool. Like yeah. God really is chasing after people mm -hmm. and using dreams often to do it. Do you, um, do you have a percentage of how many dreams are actually for uh, you versus dreams for other people? So if you dream something, is it that odds are very high that it is a dream that's a reflection of something inside of you versus like 
even if the focus in your mind is on something else, it actually could be a, a reflection of yourself. Yeah, I think so. Because mm -hmm. I mean, the pie, the percentage is high. People mm -hmm. normally are invested in their own well-being or their own self-image or their own life or their own vocation or whatever. Destiny, their purpose, family, me, kinds, yeah. me driven. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, most people don't, um, unless you're in the ministry, I guess, or you're a pastor or evangelist or whatever, uh, you're going to be dreaming mostly about things that, that are surrounding your life personally. Mm -hmm. But then again, you do get into uh, those dreams that are prophetic in their warning dreams and they're a lot like tidal wave dreams. Yeah, Tidal wave dreams are huge right now. Everywhere yeah, you go, I'm getting it. them by the scores in my emails, you know, tidal wave dreams. And, and, um, and when we do a show on any network, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, we did 700 Club once and we did, you know, I was on the Ghost Hunter show. Uh -huh. You know, they're paranormal. Yeah. And yeah. I had tidal wave dreams. People were dreaming about it, like being overtaken by something bigger than themselves. And and when you're having a tidal wave dream, it just means something's coming on you that you can't navigate. You've got mm. no ability to, to navigate yourself out of that thing. It is an overwhelming experience. And we're likening it to... Uh, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that we know is coming. It's going to be, I mean, major. We're right on the cusp of a breakthrough like we've never mm. seen. And so many people have confirmed it. And we've seen a billions of people, you know, just become so. What's happening is I think pe people are becoming so dissatisfied with reality of what they experience or think right now, right? Current, I'm talking current culture. Let's think world we live in. Let's think new era. Let's think, you know, it feels like we're on a freaking weird planet. <laughs> a little bit. Right. We're just not a little even, bit. you know, it's Star Wars bar scene. I mean, it's yeah. just like, are you kidding me right now? Mm -hmm. But I believe they're becoming so disenchanted with it because God on the inside of them is telling them this is not what this is not truth. This is not reality. This is not what you're made for. This doesn't set well. It, you have your belly full. You remember how it says in Proverbs, it says sin for a season is fun. Mm -hmm. But there comes a time when it's not fun anymore. Yeah. And so a lot of these shenanigans and different things that we're seeing pop up, they're actually getting, people are getting tired of it now. They're, they're looking, they're getting thirsty. They're getting desperate for truth. They're getting, they want to know what truth is and they want to be able to to adjust their lives in a solid way where they have an anchor that mm. they know they can put it in the creator the one who made them who has their whole yeah. future in his hands and so that's where a lot of the um i believe that the new pe people coming to to god in the next in this wave that's coming they're they're there they're ready mm. you know and do you feel like with the tidal wave dreams um, obviously you can, you know, when you're out and about and you're talking to people, you kind of get to see those common themes. Okay. Here's another title wave dream. Here's another one. Here's another one. But are there sometimes where you can look at it and just be like, are you stressed right now? <laughs> yes. Okay. Are you it, in over your head? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it, sometimes is it just, I would imagine there are some dreams that you hear and you're like, oh, it's this like right away. Yeah, I do. But I also notice that when I'm on the street and I'm interpreting and I hear six tidal wave dreams in a two, two hour period, 
I know that it's something more than just them having or it being personal to them being over their head, right? It's more Feeling, a corporate at that point. Would you look at it and go, okay, that's more of a corporate thing versus an individual thing? I think it's a God thing. I think, mm. I think he's like, oh, he's, it's a, almost like an atmosphere, like, okay. or something people are, a lot of people are getting this. I find that to be true with um, flying dreams. We'll be on the street and we'll, we'll hear, oh, I fly all the time. I've been doing this for years, but now I've been like every single night flying in my dreams, you know, hmm. and it's because there's a prophetic uptick hmm. in the spirit realm. So things are starting to awaken them and they're like, oh my gosh, because that's what a flying dream means is that you have a prophetic anointing. We call it a special ability hmm. yeah, to see like from that. another level, right? Yeah. You have a, you were born with it. You have a mm -hmm. special ability and it's effortless. It take, it t doesn't take anything for people to go run and then hop up and then fly. And there they go. And they're just flying all over the place. Same thing is true with uh, breathing, uh, being able to swim long distances underwater without ever having to come up for air. Interesting. That yeah. It's the same type of prophetic uh, anointing that's on a person, but this one uh, gives them the ability to explore deep things. Mm. Hidden That's what thing. my wife, she kept having really vivid dreams of being under the water. And that was what she got revealed to her was that very thing. Yeah. 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 You're able to explore deep things and you have a set a hunger for it. You, mm -hmm. in fact, I can remember as a child having that dream and I was always a water baby anyway. So, but I could swim for long periods. I never had to come up for air. And I would always think when I was a kid, before I really knew God at all, I was thinking, I want to have that dream again. I love having that. Like I was seeing all kinds of stuff that was not visible on the surface. Hmm. And that also tells me of a prophetic call on a person's life that you're designed to explore deep things. You're made for it. You have a capacity for it. You have a, an open uh, an invitation to explore deep things that other people would on the surface wouldn't pay You know, you don't see those things. You could be, you know, everyone else could see them, but you have a desire to go deep. Yeah. And, and what uh, about, what about like dreams that, cause I think the interesting thing about dreams is that you can have five people can have a dream about the same thing. So you could have a demon in it, but for some, it actually, might depending on what happens actually isn't bad depending on what you're doing so i'll give you an example okay a good friend of mine john he had uh, a dream where i came over to his house and he lived in a two-story or three-story house and and he he called me and said there's a demon in the upstairs and then i came over and i i got the demon out of the house and that was his dream okay and does he live in a three-story house? He he did at the time, yeah. At the time, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that I mean just has to do with um basically spiritual wickedness in high places. Hmm. And so you had the authority that you know through Jesus to go in and begin to take over or to re refigure the space yeah. that, without okay. the demon in it. Okay, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And so uh, that could be a very real thing where he was being tormented from uh, something in a, a, a spiritual wicked thing in a high place. Okay. Yeah. That's and it could be generational too, because okay. addicts are stored things. Uh, oftentimes they're spiritually stored things and it could be good or bad. It depends on sometimes it travels through the, through the ancestry, you know, whatever well, your, 
mother yeah. was or your grandmother or whatever kind of spiritual stuff, you know. Yeah, in this case, the upstairs was just bedrooms. Okay. It was where him and his kids slept. Okay. Yeah. So, so it has to do usually with uh, disturbing your place of rest. Okay. And uh, because it was a literal three-story house, it wouldn't have symbolism. It would yeah. be that it's just where they slept. Yeah. But um, but yeah, it has to do with you know trying to disturb them. Uh, if 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 Jesus is the Prince of Peace, and peace is the seedbed of Revelation, and you know that the uh, that the Prince of Peace will shortly powder Satan underneath your feet, mm-hmm. then the peace where you you rest beds are made for uh, either rest or they're made for intimacy mm-hmm. or they're made where you just lay down and you're just you know you're just not you're not having to do anything you're just able to to just take your moment of rest yeah. and so uh the enemy will try and and come in and invade that space that it does not belong to him at a time when you seem vulnerable and try okay. and and steal it or or take it away or whatever you know yeah. so when I have one more, one more demon dream that actually was my own. And it was, I was, this is 2010. So it was a while ago. Um, and, uh, I was in YOM at the time and my roommate and I were, were good friends. Um, and we shared a room and in the dream, I, it was like, I was in our space. There was nothing weird about it. It was, I was actually in that space and I had uh, I'd come in to go to sleep. I walked into the room and it was dark and he was asleep and I bumped into something and I knew it was a demon and I couldn't see it, but I grabbed it by the back of the head and I immediately just started smashing its head against the wall. And then I woke up now, a couple of weeks later, he confessed to me that he'd been struggling with homosexual thoughts. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Mm-hmm. So there you yeah. go. So it revealed itself to you. Right. Yeah. And you were able to do something or take care of it. You didn't exactly know or identify what it was, mm-hmm. but you were able to hear. And that just tells me something about you, Jeff, you know, mm-hmm. that you have a prophetic gift mm-hmm. that God has gifted you with it. And you also have authority to take authority and to bring yeah. God's authority into an uncertain circumstance or mm. whatever. And especially because it was YWAM, yeah. you know, and it was a, it was a place for spiritual ministry. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it just tells me something about you. And I think it was cool that, you know, God used you to take it out. Yeah. So that it, was one of the coolest dreams. It felt so good. It's yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, Oh, yeah. And he didn't have good. to like, he didn't have to wrestle with it, you know, yeah he was able to probably get free from any of that kind of stuff, yeah. you know? Yeah. But again, you know, that's just how sneaky this stuff is. And that's why it's important to pay attention to your dreams, write them down, journal them, date them, because you never know what kind of seeds are being planted. I notice this with parents and kids. Uh-huh. Uh, the kids will tell a dream and the parents are like, yeah, yeah, honey, that was great. You know, whatever. And then they don't really, they don't really journal the child's dream or they don't take the yeah. time to, because if a child has values or, or, or is concerned enough to tell the parent a dream, you need to write it down and you need to date it because mm-hmm. there's something going on trying to come in and uh, interject or oh, I, that's why we do original root recovery because there's so many roots that were birthed from small childhood, you know, from people's right. uh, from dreams they had or from, 
experiences. So a lot of kids are very prophetic and they see angels and they see demons. Mm-hmm. And so you want to write those things down and pay attention to them because God's trying to give you access, how to raise your child up in the way they should go. And he'll often use dreams to do that too. Yeah. Um, we, when we, we do that at the adult convention, when we go in and we'll say, tell me a dream you had, you know, and they'll go, I just can't remember or whatever. They'll give me some nonsense. And I'll go, what about the one you had when you were five? And now they're like, because they can't forget that dream. Hmm. They always had a dream, you know, when they were about that age. And so, and then I can, I can get back to the root of what they were called to do, but what was being hijacked or was being compromised at that time in their life. And now I can speak to their future and say, this is what you're going to be called back to. In other words, Hmm. back then you were starting to understand yourself. You were starting to understand why you're made and why you're living here right now. And so um, this is what you're again in, in the adult industry. This is what, this is what you settle for, but this is what you're made for. Right. Yeah. So uh, it kind of gives us a, a, a window in to see, but you know, you want to make sure that you do that. I remember um, there was a, a little, there was a, I'm trying to think of the situation, but it was, um, this little person, little child was able to see uh, angels all the time. Mm -hmm. And, and the father was a pastor. Okay. And so the, the father finally said to the little, I think it was a little girl. They he said, well, how come maybe it's, I think it was a little girl. And he said, well, how come I can't see them? And she said, I'll ask them. So the next day, she came in and said, the angels told me you can't see them because your eyes have seen too many other things. Whoa. You talk about hitting your knees yeah, and repentance and just, you know, that's another thing that we're having here and all these things about repentance. Well, the Holy Spirit leads you to repentance. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't make somebody repent, but the Holy Spirit leads you to a time where your heart is, is, you know, you're, you're burdened. You want to repent. It's almost like it was for coming from a little child, mm. you know? And it, so, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that man, that, that hits hard though. The, yeah. Cause your eyes have seen too many things because I think the, the, the challenge that I've run into, I'm sure you've run into this as well is people are more apt. Adults are more apt to believe, say like, did you hear that the government is doing X, Y, and Z? <laughs> even though they can't see it right that somebody says and they have the faith to believe that that's true but then you tell them something about the spirit and they're like did that really happen did god really do that i'm like hold on (laughs) you would much rather you have the faith to believe in something horrible even though you can't see it right but you can't believe you don't have the faith to believe that god can speak to you through dreams for example yeah that that yeah. Well, people are waking up. I mean, yeah. when you've got a repetitive dream, like I just told you about the guy that had three times a week for seven years, yeah, that's... you're not going to just forget that. No. You know? No. And so God is after us. Yeah. And he's trying to get messages to us all the time. Yeah. And he's trying to communicate. I always, always loved it. I think it was, maybe it was Winky Pretty. I can't remember because I was way back when, right? Uh, I was in a ministry called the God Before Us and Winky Pratt. He was one of our teachers. And I think okay. it was him that said, um, God's always talking. We're just not always listening. Yeah. You know, he's always constantly trying to communicate. 
It's a dad that loves his kids, who wants mm -hmm. to communicate with them, who wants to be able to bring them truth and give them direction and give them uh, instruction and, and raise them up and to give them insight and to show them secrets and mysteries as they're able to receive and that kind of thing. And we're just not always listening, you know, because yeah. we're just so preoccupied with our stuff and our yeah. own thoughts. And yeah. so, but okay, what about, uh, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. What about falling dreams? Ah, all the time, falling yeah. dreams. My first, my first response, almost always, unless, unless God gets a hold of me, and goes, eh, not this one. Mm -hmm. um, it's usually, I see them as a risk taker. Hmm. Okay. They're falling. They're taking the leap. They don't know okay. what's down there. They don't know if there's a net. They don't know if anything's going to catch them, but you'll hear that a lot. It's one of the top 10. Um, you will hear, um, it's a falling dream. You know, I'm getting ready to take a leap off of a cliff. I, I'm, and it's also transition. Also hallways are transition places. Okay. All right. So anytime you're in a house and you're going down a hallway, it has to do with your, you have many choices of rooms you can go in, which tells me that you're now not settled. You're in transition. You're moving from one place to another. So falling dreams are very similar. You're in transition. You'll be taking a leap into something that you're maybe just going to go ahead and take the leap. You don't see the future. You don't know what it's going to look like when you get there. Mm -hmm. uh, it might be a move to a different city or it might be, you know, uh, situational things have come up that, that cause you not to be able to live or stay in a certain place mm -hmm. and you'll have a falling dream. And you're like, I, I know this is risky. I know this is something that I'm, you know, going to have to deal with, but I'm, I'm going to do it. And yeah. almost all the time when I've gone there, it's been right. Like, um, most of the time they'll say, you're right. Like I, I am, I'm a risk. I'm naturally that way. I'm not mm. settled being on, on one ground all the time. I, I like adventure and I want to see what's next. And so, um, sometimes people would say, well, that's a scary thing. You know, I heard years ago before I ever started doing dreams, they said, well, if you, I think I might, it might've been in school. That's just how bright we were back then, you know? And somebody said, well, if you have a dream and you're falling in your dream and you hit the ground in your dream, you're dead. You'll die in your sleep. <laughs> well, I did have dreams where I did fall in. I did hit the ground. And uh -huh. here I am. I'm still yeah. here, you know. <laughs> so but um, but so, you you know, falling dreams are, are one of the top 10 uh, dreams that we hear a lot. And normally it'll be when they're getting ready to do something new. Interesting. They're going into another place and they're, they're having to take the leap. That's really yeah. what it is. They're going to take a leap. Are, so in an arena like at a porn convention or Burning Man, and maybe these are two separate things, but do you see common dreams? Like when you go to a porn convention, do you see common dreams versus when you go to Burning Man? Or are they all kind of the same? Yeah, we do a lot more things at Burning Man. So we do a lot more type of um, – getting them in front of Jesus who can give them a spiritual encounter. Um, so we, you know, ask them there, would you like to have an encounter with the spirit of truth? So dream yeah. interpretation is just one of the many things that are in the bag. Okay. So gotcha. we have a menu board there, yeah, but at the right. porn convention, we primarily do dreams. Okay. And then what kind of dreams do you see there? Being chased. 
ah. being chased always. Um, they're being chased, they're being stabbed, they're being uh, knifed in the back, they're wow. being shot at, they're being tortured, they're being tormented, they're being, you know, whatever. And I, every time I hear it, um, I can almost finish their dream for them because I know that they're having these horrible, because they don't feel safe. Right. They yeah. feel like they're being always chased or they're forced or they're, they're being, in fact, they are being forced to do things they never saw themselves doing or they didn't expect. And we found that to be true too. When they signed up, they didn't know they were going to have to do some of the things that they do. Yeah. So they will tell us in their dreams, um, I'm always being stabbed in the back, wow. you know, and it's either by, wow. you know, uh, someone else in the porn industry, another porn star, or they're just being stabbed. And that tells me anything from the back has to do with past. Most often, back doors represent back things, past things. Um, back seats represent something from the past. You're along for the ride. You weren't, you know, you're not in control. Um, if you're being chased in a dream and they're stabbing you or shooting you or torturing you somehow, um, I turn that around at a porn convention like that. And I will say the very thing chasing you. Seems like it's it's insurmountable. You don't feel like you can get away. You feel like it's torturing you constantly, but it's literally keeping you running towards your future. Huh. So you have something else that you're going for. And um, so the very thing that's tried to come against you, remember how God said, um, whatever Satan means for evil, God will turn it for good. Yeah. So, you know, whatever types of things have been stabbing you in the back that usually has to do with backbiting. It also also uh, has to do with if you have an alligator in your dream or, or a crocodile, you have to think of what is the most predominant feature of that animal. Well, it's a mouth. So it's yeah. gossip. It's slander that's coming okay. against you. So, you huh. know, because that's really what they go for. That's how they attack the predators, but that's how they attack us through their mouth. And so if someone's being stabbed in the back, it has to do with basically being, you know, gossiped about or they're being talked about or they're being their um, their reputation or, or identity, whatever. You know, it's it's tearing them down from the back. Mm -hmm. It also has to do with things that they've lived through in their past and they've always they've never felt safe. They've been mm -hmm. running. They've been in a in a in a panicked run from the time that they get up every morning, you know? And so right. we try and just flip it around and let them see. Remember we talked last week about, you know, our words have power. Mm -hmm. So we try and flip the dream around so that they can realize I don't have to live this way the rest of my life. Otherwise you'll lose hope. Yeah. And you yeah. just want to give up. Well, and that's you exercising your authority too. And being able to like take control of the atmosphere of, mm -hmm. of a room. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, in an exchange with somebody. Mm -hmm. um, you would think that at a porn convention, they would have a lot of sensual or sexual dreams. Yeah. And they don't. Wow. They really don't. I hardly, I've maybe heard one or two. Huh. And even that one was uh, a lady, one of the people who had a booth and she was mocking me. And she was just trying to use every horrible phrase she could just to try and, you know. Uh, frazzle you yeah and, and I you're like, like i'm at a porn convention you know <laughs> I'm like, not working yeah <laughs> i know so um 
but really I've, I've never, uh, mostly they'll, they'll open up because they're, and then again, um, we'll find out this year when we go, because every year is different, you know, and because of the circumstances that we're all living in now, uh, there'll be other things now that will probably pop up, uh, this year, uh, or this next, um, one that we go to because uh, there's other now re realities that have taken place. So there's a good chance we'll hear something else, you know, or some, some things that are more in tune with, you know, I, I got to get out of here or yeah. this isn't, you know, um, and again, uh, you know, there's still, they're still coming alive. I just have to believe that. I believe that God has got such a purpose and a call for each one of them. Absolutely. And so we're just trying to find out what that looks like, yeah. but mostly it's being chased. That's mm -hmm. the common dream theme. Yeah. So what about like, um, what about driving dreams? <laughs> Depends on who's driving and if it's your car. Okay. So those are important, important things to take into consideration. Obviously. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you're driving your own car that you currently have right now, it has to do with present day. Okay. Um, and, um, if you're, you're in control, that means that you're, you're navigating your life. You're doing the best you can. You're taking, you know, um, if your car crashes, uh, it usually has to do with maybe a, now it turns into a warning dream. It's a car you have now you're driving the car and the car crashes. It has to do like, don't get blindsided. There's something coming that you don't see. Hmm. There's something coming out of, you know, remember the movie Blindside? Mm -hmm. And it's coming out of out of places where you you never saw it coming. Hmm. So it could be a wake up dream, like wake up, pay attention, because, um, you know, the car that you currently have right now is getting ready to have an accident. And you want to make sure that you're uh, situationally aware, hmm. which is just a good thing right now anyway. People need to be have situational awareness and they don't, hmm. you know, we're not living in a world like we used to. So it's a, it's real important. If it's your car and someone else is driving your car, you've given them control of your life at that moment to take you where they want you to go hmm. instead of where you want to go. Hmm. We had a, a, a psychic once tell me a dream. <laughs> okay. I love it. I know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, she had a dream. I think it's in my book. I know it is actually. And she had a dream where it's her car, the car she currently has, mm -hmm. and her boyfriend is driving. And while he's driving, she's in the passenger seat and she's looking at the boyfriend driving. But then his face appears on the outside of the passenger side window. Mm. And she's having a conversation with this face on the passenger side window and she's enjoying the conversation, but she looks back at the same guy driving her car and she doesn't have a good feeling. Okay. And I said, it's because your relationship has changed. What started out to be a friendship has now become a controlling factor. So you okay. enjoyed what you had in the beginning with this guy drive, you know, that you could have conversation with him and you miss it. You miss the fact that you had that friendship and that relationship with him before it got so possessive. Well, and could that, so, so the face was on the passenger side window. 
Mm-hmm. So she was driving. That's no, what he would. He well, was no, driving. I was saying, I know, but I was saying if, if she was driving, if she was in control, then that's where he would actually be is on her right. Yeah. It's her left. Mm-hmm. So, but he'd moved over into a place that she didn't necessarily give him. Right. Yeah. He just began to take over Yeah, and take control. Yeah. And that's what she was going to have to decide that she didn't want to go that way. She didn't want to be in that position. Yeah. Because she missed what she had when they were just friends before it got weird. Interesting. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. And when I sense. when I said it like that, she it just hit her. Like she was like, "Oh my gosh, this is exactly right. This is my oh, circumstance. Wow. This is what's happened. I got to break up with this guy. Like he's way in my business, way too much, mm, and yeah. he's in my my kids' business, and he's." you know, wants to move in or has moved in. I don't remember. And it was like, I've got to, I got to make different choices because again, that'll be a self-revealing dream, a self-revealing slash warning dream. Like if you keep letting this guy in, he's just going to keep taking more and more and more because he has no boundaries and you're not setting them Hmm. and you need to protect yourself and you need to protect your kids. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I had a dream a couple of years ago, um, I've been pretty candid about this, but I'd had a, a, a kind of a nervous breakdown, kind of, <laughs> which was kind of new for me. But I had during that time, I'd had a dream where I was in the fast lane going northbound on the freeway. Mm-hmm. And I, so I was in the fast lane and all of a sudden I spun out of control and I saw all these cars and I was like going in between the cars and then I basically, it almost felt like something had taken control of the car in the spin and taken it and put it into the slow lane. And I was facing the same direction, but I was in the slow lane. And then I woke up and then I had, a, actually I had a worship song playing in my head right when I work, woke up. And I could tell right away that that was God saying, slow down. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Or he slowed you down. Yeah, or he slowed me down. And he protected you while you were out of control. Mm-hmm. And yeah. while you were in the fast lane going way too fast for what you were meant for. Mm-hmm. And probably going in a direction that he was trying to get you to stop so he could redirect you. Yeah. And take you in another way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those those happen a lot because you were in between the cars. Right. Which tells me he was protecting you all along. Yeah. <laughs> like even in your stupid things. Right. Yeah. Even, yeah. I mean, for me too, same thing. And, and it's really, uh, it's pretty impressive when he does that kind of stuff, when you're having an emotional breakdown, <laughs> mm-hmm. you don't feel like you're in control at all. No, I have one too. I know. Mm-hmm. Right. We're just a bunch of uh, what? And I know, but yeah. we do, I mean, ministry just, it just, when you've been in it for a while, God, actually took he he um talked to me when it happened to me and he said to me because we were pastoring he said you're in this condition because you've listened to everyone but me and you've obeyed everyone but me wow and he said you're my daughter before you're my minister and don't get that messed up again and sir, I, yes, had to, sir. Yeah. <laughs> I had to re-establish my relationship yeah. with my father Instead of what I was, you know, doing ministry wise, what my gifts were, any of that stuff. You yeah. Know? Well, and it's interesting you say that because it was the same thing with me with the, the song I was listening to. I think it's a Rick Pino song. And there's a breakdown where he says, take me back, take me back, take me back to my first love. Yeah. And it brought me back. And the, the memory that it triggered was a memory from when I had first dedicated my life to the Lord. I was 18 years old. I was a uh-huh. senior in high school and I went down to Mexico 
and we were sitting, they had like a meeting with all the guys, like the young guys. And my youth pastor said, is Jesus your first love? And he started talking about that. And I just remember that moment vividly just in general. And then that song triggered that memory of remembering like, man, it's, it it is, it's about him. Like that, that was the whole message that got taken out of that was, it's definitely a reflection of where I was trying to take things into my own control. Like, no, it's time for me to go fast. God, get out of the way. (laughs) And God's like, you know, I kind of want that for you too, but I got to get you ready. It's, it reminds right. me of Joseph in prison. Like he stayed there two years longer than he wanted yeah, to yep, because he yep. wasn't prepared. He wasn't ready to take yeah. that position. God had it for him all along. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's interesting because um, we're he's going to chase us down and he's going to make sure and guide us, you know, with his eye. That's what he says. I'll counsel you with your eye, but you got to look at me. Mm. <laughs> you know, you got to look at me. Right. And there's another dream, uh, you know, that's the probably the top number one dream that we hear all the time. You can't go 10 feet in any direction uh-huh. when you're on an outreach like we do. Film festivals, art fairs, um, any kind of, you know, um, I mean, where we're really intentional. It's not a porn convention. It's not Burning Man. It's literally just people hanging out, um, doing whatever, and we're interpreting dreams. Um, and especially at film festivals, it seems like it was predominant, but it was teeth falling out. Yes. Yeah. The number one, number one dream. It's above flying. It's above falling. It's above all these other things. It is the number one dream. Uh-huh. And, um, and what that means is, and when you hear it a bunch of times in two hours from several different people, it has to do with people getting ready to make a big decision and their teeth are gone. They can't, they have no ability to bite or chew down the details to get all the information before they sign a contract, before they get married, before they have, you know, buy a house, before something. It's like a warning dream from God to go, you're getting ready to swallow something whole. Hmm. If you don't have teeth in your mouth and you put food in there and you, you know, you're gumming it (laughs) and you're getting ready to swallow something whole. Mm-hmm. And it's going to cost you or it could choke you or it could compromise, you know, what uh, the timing of it or whatever else. And okay. this is in my book, too. It was a hairdresser that I went to and he was going to build another uh, salon in the southern part of the city. And um, I would go in there because he's this young kid. And I thought, oh, OK, you know, just whatever. I said, do whatever to me you want to do to your mom within reason. Like, just don't make me look <laughs> like you. Don't make me look weird, but, um, but anyway, he would always mock me. He goes, what do you do? And I said, I interpret dreams. You know, I'm not going to tell him I'm a pastor or we have Mm -hmm. a church because that's just a big red flag. Yeah. It's much better in if you just said, I'm just a dream interpreter. Right. Right. And he would mock me. And I even had little cards made up that said, you know, dream interpretation free, blah, blah, blah. And, um, he had one of those cards. I'd given it to him. And I'd probably been going there about three months or something and maybe longer, maybe six. And he had a dream while he was opening the salon and his, he dreamed that all the teeth on the left side of his mouth had fallen out. All of them. And he said it was so vivid and real that he got up in the middle of the night and he was going to go down to the salon to get my card to call me. Wow. At three in the morning. It's a good thing he didn't, right? Yeah. <laughs> and um, 
And, but he did call the next day and he's like free. I mean, he's hyperventilating because it was so real. Hmm. And I said, well, I thought you didn't, um, I didn't think you believed in that. I thought you thought it was a joke. And then he says, I'm sorry. You know, I'm just like, like, just tell me what this means because it was too vivid. It was real. I'm never, I'm still shaking because mm -hmm. it was so real. And, um, and I, I said, are you getting ready to make a big decision? Uh, are you getting ready to sign contracts? Are you getting ready to do something that you don't normally do that requires a big risk for you? So it wasn't a falling dream. It was like teeth falling out. And I said, because what your dream is telling me is that you are, um, you're missing detail. You're missing something. Um, and you've got to make sure you have all the facts before you make a big decision. If you're getting married or if you're going to sign for a house or if you're in this case, build another salon, you need to make sure. So he got with his lawyer that day and they went over the contract that he had in place for building that new salon, the second one. And they found a $50,000 loophole. He would have been out $50,000. Wow. If he had not had that dream. And he called me back and he was ecstatic. He goes, oh my gosh, I can't even thank you enough. And I said, so what I'm hearing you say is that you're going to do my hair for free. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, no, no I just really just want to say thank you for, you know, and I said, oh, so yeah, I'm going to get my hair done yeah. like, for free, you know, kind of yeah. thing. And um, I was just messing with him. But mm -hmm. yeah, number one dream, teeth falling out. And you'll, you'll hear that. And then, you know, if you've heard it, you know, six times in two hours that it's a season of people making big decisions and it's a season of people uh, being, you know, coming into a time where they're going to, to make big decisions and they have to make sure that they've got all the detail for the decision they're getting ready to make. Hmm. Um, otherwise you're in danger of swallowing something whole only maybe twice in all of the years I've been doing dreams has it ever been about dental work? Okay. It's never, it's never been about dental, like dental work. So I've always been told that teeth falling out, and maybe this was a more like secular analysis, teeth falling out means you're stressed. And <laughs> well, you are to, to a degree. Yeah. That it just seems like that's now that, you know, when you're talking about, it, it seems a little half baked, like that definition of like, uh, of just saying, oh, you're stressed is a little half-baked because from what you're saying, it's a little bit more nuanced than that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, if you don't have any teeth in your head, how are you supposed to be able to chew? Right. I mean, how are you yeah. supposed to be able to really um, effectively, you know, if you're supposed to, you know, chew your food where you can get it down into your system without choking on it. I mean, you mm -hmm. notice that little babies, you know, you don't give them steak. Right. They don't have any teeth, right? So right. they can choke on something. I mean, it's right. kind of like a no brainer in a way. Mm -hmm. And, but you'll find out that uh, there'll be a season of it. There'll be like, it'll be something that a lot of people are going through all at one time. Mm. So teeth falling out is a, is a big deal. And you want to pay attention to those dreams, but I always start there. And then um, it will give me um, the ability to, to see into and then also give advice. Oftentimes, um, I'll be able to give some wisdom or give some direction by the word of knowledge or word of wisdom, mm -hmm. you know, and um, 
And so now they're like really paying attention. They're like, yeah. oh my gosh, you know, help me out here. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we're just, we're moving into times where I think we're going to start seeing that more and more. Mm. Uh, the other thing I've noticed is when it's an accelerated spiritual time, that people have those dreams a whole lot more often. Interesting, yeah. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. Because everything's moving at warp speed. Mm-hmm. Everything is really, um, it's really hitting the fan, you know, kind of thing. Like right. I'm, having to, I'm having to make decisions on the run. Yeah. And so, um, you know, we've covered, I was just looking through here to see, how about naked in public? That's a oh, yeah, that's, yeah. Or like you forget to put your pants on. Yeah. Yeah. Or, <laughs> yeah. you know, it just shows a, a level of uh, unpreparedness, basically, mm-hmm. but it also shows a level of transparency. Mm-hmm. So it's not always a bad thing. Okay. It's not always bad. Uh, it was funny because I was doing um, a, the dreams for uh, a radio show. It was a secular radio show. And uh, the, the I never like it too much when the um, the DJ tells me, a dream because I never know what, you know, like you don't want all your junk exposed. Right. But, uh-huh. but in this case, um, I just said, you're pretty, you're just pretty real. Like what you see is what you get. There's, you're not hiding anything. There's nothing that, you know, it, you're just, you're just who you are. You're just what you are. And people know you for that. They know you for being very real, transparent. And so you're, uh, you're okay with being in a large crowd and being that way because you have, you're confident in who you are. And he just was like, oh, my gosh, you're so right. Like, that's what my friends tell me. And so thank God it was good, you know, like that. Mm. And but if you um, if you're half dressed uh, and stuff like that, it just means that there's more preparation before you get in front of a crowd or before you're put in a position to speak to a large group of people. And that'll happen when. you know, you're, you're going to be doing a conference or you're going to be doing something. You'll feel like I just need more preparation. You know, I have that kind of weird dream. Like I'm just not all the way dressed or I'm not dressed properly, you know, for what I need to be doing or where I need to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So naked in public. The other one is bathroom dreams where you got to go really bad and you can't find a toilet. You can't find one that's clean or you can't find one that's not used. Right. Or so that, I mean, someone's not occupying. Mm-hmm. And that tells me that there's a, um, when you find that a, a lot of people are going through this personal spiritual cleansing all at one time. Mm. So all of the bathrooms are filled because, um, they're, they're trying to relieve themselves as well. It's a mm. spiritual cleansing time. Mm-hmm. Bathroom dreams typically mean spiritual cleansing. So um, if you're trying to, you know, find a toilet or they're all filled up, it just tells me that there's a lot of people going through the same thing at the same time. Hmm. There's a lot of stuff coming out. There's a lot of things that you're getting rid of. There's a lot of things that, you know, you're, um, you know, that you're, you're going to be, you're not, you're in good company. So to speak, you know, you're not alone. Uh Yeah. Um, What about dreams where you are a child? Ah, yeah. Yeah. You as yourself being a child. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It usually has to do with something you'll remember. Like we have a lot of people tell us, um, well, they'll either go back and have childhood dreams that they can remember now. Uh, but it also has to do with your innocence. Okay. It has to do with times of when you, before you were 
um, chocked full of all kinds of useless nonsense that um, give you nothing, right? So you go back to a time of innocence and you're rediscovering something that maybe you learned back then. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing is that when you're the age you are now in your grandparents' house or in your, the house you grew up in, or you're back in high school, or you're back in college, or that kind of thing. We get those a lot, you know. Okay. I'm having a dream that I'm the age I am now, but I'm back in high school. Schools have to do with higher learning. They have to do with, uh, you know, uh, learning something, being educated, being trained or taught. That's what school buses are as well. But if you're the age you are now and you're back in your grandparents' house, it has to do with generational issues, most likely. It has to do with things that are generational, especially if it's your grandparents' house. If um, and you're 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 going back and revisiting or learning something or God's going to show you something um, about um, things that you need to know or that you need to rediscover or things that possibly could benefit or compromise your spiritual growth. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's those things, too. So it it goes in many different directions. You just kind of have to fish around a little bit or maybe God will just tell you what it is. Yeah. So there's uh, Kelsey. Hey, Kelsey. Uh, Kelsey uh, asked, she said, did she talk about natural disaster dreams, tornadoes, volcanoes, floods? We did talk about floods. Yeah. We talked about like tidal waves. Yes. Or we tsunami, talked about floods. I guess. Yeah. You're out of your control, out of control. Um, it's coming over you. You have nothing to do with it. You don't have any ability to navigate yourself out of it. Um, tornadoes. Usually it has to do with something coming directly at you and it will uh, disturb. It will um, actually create a disturbance all the way around you. It can be good or bad. Okay. So it can be destructive in nature or if it's a tornado that you see coming, like um, I've heard of people that had a dream. They saw three tornadoes coming toward a friend's house and they had no ability to know what that was except that, Time passed within a month or two, and their they were their whole family fell apart. They were getting divorced. There were three attacks coming on this family, and at that time they didn't know what those meant. They didn't know what that meant. Um, I heard a I was on a radio station, and I this was a different one, and I heard um, a, a DJ once again talking about. Uh, I have a a repetitive dream that there's always a tornado around me, but I'm holding my little son and I'm very protective and he's clinging to me while this tornado is going around all around us. And what I could have said is you need to pay attention to what's going on on the periphery of your own, you know, house. But what I said on air is you're a good dad. Mm. You're protective of your son during regardless of whatever circumstances or things they could find themselves into. And you're, you're very involved in your son's life and it made him feel good about that. But, but I said, the tornado also has to do with things that you're not in control of. Like you don't have, you can't, um, they're happening all around you. You just are protecting your son, which, and I focused on that because if I'd have said, you need to check your surroundings. You need to see what's going on behind your back. You need to see what's happening. You know, when these things, tornadoes take things out, they stir things up. Mm-hmm. They, they cause things to, that were in place to become out of place. 
they, they can level something. They can take it down regardless. It can be an attack. But I wasn't going to say that to him on the air because he didn't have any grid for it. And it would have been a freaky, scary thing for him. But it could be a warning dream, you know, for him to pay attention to. And I did tell him after we were off the air, I said, you probably want to just make sure that everybody's, you know, just 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 be aware of, of whatever's going on in your home and your family and your mm-hmm. church and your culture, whatever it might be, you know. Yeah. So that. Um, because typically tornadoes uh, don't have a positive, um, there's not a real positive thing about them, you know. Right. People do dream about them. Yeah. And they dream about them in numbers of impact, like they'll be an F5 or something okay. like that. That means complete devastation, nothing left. Hmm. And, and in that case, you know, it could be that um, it's going to happen. It's going to level everything. But then again, God has now something new to build on. Hmm. So all things are going to pass away and all things will become new. I mean, you can go there with it too, but it's, it just took that kind of a forced wind in order for it to be completely decimated so that there was nothing else to pick up. Hmm. And then what about volcanoes? Volcanoes are weird. Like, I don't think I have that many people talk about volcano dreams, but Hmm. again, it would be an eruption of some sort that would not be, um, it would be scary. It would, it would impact an entire village. It would impact an entire, like, let's think of Hawaii. It would impact an entire Island, you know, uh, when the volcano erupts and it, uh, it, it burns things. It causes things to melt. It causes, you know, it's, uh, it's a fiery eruption of some sort. So um, again, you know, it, it has to do with something that is out of your control. All of these are, um, tornadoes, volcanoes, and floods, all out of your control. You have no ability to control, control any of them. So mm-hmm. you're just going to feel the impact. Or, and it could be that, you know, it's you have to look beyond the actual thing and see, okay, now it's just another place to, to move or to, to build on. Uh-huh. But they're going to affect an entire area. It's not just you. It'll affect... Um, other people, it'll affect your neighborhood, it'll affect your church, it'll affect your your relationships, it'll affect that something. But you you have no control, you don't have the ability, unless you do speak to it, which Jesus did, spoke to mm-hmm. the storm. And yeah. I've done that before here in Texas, especially. Yeah. And it's stopped, like it's the clouds of tornado sirens going off and everything else. And yeah, it, it split, it went. So, yeah. What about dreams? This one's kind of weird. What about dreams where like, I've had dreams where I'm doing something that's very like, not a scary thing. Like I'll, I'll use an example of like, this is not something that's happened to me, but like opening a jar of pickles and you're, it's like the most intense dream you've ever had in your whole life. And then you wake up and you're like kind of chuckling to yourself. Cause like, why was that? Why have you ever had a dream like that? Where like, it was like a minute, like a, like a, just a mundane task that suddenly is like really intense in your dream for some reason. Like a simple thing became complicated. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I have never had a dream like that. I haven't really heard of a dream like that, but I would say that, um, you know, it's probably seasonal. It has to do with, you know, something you felt very confident that you could do. You can't do anymore. And and so I don't know. I mean, other than, 
or you're losing your strength in one area to put it in another because it, re yeah. it requires uh, your hands to open a jar, you know, like mm -hmm. that. Now maybe yeah. God's yeah. going to focus I, on another if strength. I, if I ever have another one of those weird dreams, Cindy, I will send it to you. Bless because you. I, yeah, because I've always been curious. I'm like, <laughs> it's like, dude, chill out, bro. Like, <laughs> you know, that's always my yeah. reaction. So Something that also could be part can... of it. Yeah. yeah, it could be. Yeah. It just could be, you know, maybe you're just in a weird season of growth and yeah. You know, yeah. When when I mean, let's let's just be honest. I mean, when God's taken us through spiritual growth seasons, it's it's very similar to how our, you know, growth is in our natural self, you know. Mm -hmm. I remember when my daughters were growing up and my daughter would lay on the bed and she'd rub her legs because her legs hurt because they mm -hmm. were growing. Mm -hmm. And so there was pain accompanying the growth period. And when you're doing that, or God's going to help have you move into a different thing or something you haven't done before, or removing you from something you thought was easy and now it's hard, it's, it's a growth period. You're moving into something different now. You haven't, you know, you've already conquered that, but now it's not even available to you or accessible. And so I just think that we, we grow in these seasons and we just have to be kind of aware of how, you know, that's, I think when you go to God with it, you're like, okay. What's up with this? You know, because I now I'm, I know when you start moving in different gifts of the spirit, like what you did when you used to pray for people to be healed. Well, now, you know, God's almost like nobody's getting healed or, or you know, he's not using you to do it. Mm -hmm. It's not because he's not wanting to heal through you. It's because he wants you to turn your attention to using the prophetic gifts now, mm, you yeah. know, and he yeah. wants someone else to heal. Yeah. And so it's not like you can't do it. It's just that he wants to reposition you or he wants to grow you in another area. Hmm. Okay. So. so I actually have, um, th these two, I feel like are, are, uh, pretty common ones that I've heard when I'm talking to people about dreams. Um, <clears throat> but I was, I've been told that when you have someone in your dream who you don't recognize and you might not even recognize yeah, be able to tell what they say, but they mm -hmm. they're saying something to you that often that's an angel in your dream. But I wanted to hear your take on that. Like if it's somebody you don't recognize that's in your dream and they're speaking something significant to you and it could be a good thing. Well, it's probably personal, personal journey. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, um, my husband had a dream where, two unidentified people he didn't know took him to a house and they were in a mercury comet. Okay. And so that would be angels because they took him somewhere and delivered him somewhere. Okay. Right. And this happened in 1995. And um, when we told this to another person who happened to know about the, the seasons and times, uh, this person who'd studied astrology from God's perspective said, this is the year of Mercury. Mm. And Mercury means messenger. So these two unidentified beings that took my husband to a place that he'd never been before were angels in his case because they were delivering him somewhere. He couldn't have gotten, he wouldn't have known where to go on his own. So I would say most likely when you're walking with the Lord and you have like unidentified beings in your dream, it has to do with angelic help. 
mm. which is around us all the time. We just don't always recognize it and we don't yeah. pay attention to it, right? Yeah. Yeah. If you get a weird feeling or you begin to think it's demonic or whatever, then you have authority over that. You don't have to go and you don't have to listen. Okay, because Satan does come as an angel of light to deceive many. So you have to kind of think about I'm on a spiritual course and God's got my back. So if you start having that's where your discernment kicks in. So if it's unidentified and they're doing something evil or doing something wrong or they're telling you something that isn't truthful, then it's most likely you know, an angel of light. It's not something that is from God. Mm, but yeah. if they're taking you to a place where it's going to be a redeeming thing, or you're going to have a positive outcome, or you're being chauffeured there, like if someone's driving a car and you're in the back seat and you can't identify who's taking you somewhere, well, you follow the Lord. So, you know, uh, it's probably an angel that's taking you someplace in that time. And usually when I've heard that kind of dream, it's been in a limo. Hmm, okay. It's been in a limo. So it's somebody that is appointed by God, you know, to take you from a high position in an, in an, it's an important call. You know, that's what limos usually represent. It's, it's people of importance or it's people who, you know, that's why they're there. So it has to do usually with a God type of a, you know, taking you somewhere and, and, and where you couldn't get on your own. In other words, you're being ushered in, you're being, you know, you're being driven into that spot. So uh, the other thing about um, if you have a dream about a president or whatever, um, it depends on, um, usually it has to do with, with uh, a high office. Or someone in in a lot uh, in a high position of authority or control. Okay. So um, it can either be God or it could be um, a false authority. It could be some someone assuming a position that has not been given to them, but they're they're nonetheless uh, in that position, and it has to do with a high calling, a decision maker, something like that. So you have okay. to um, you have to kind of weigh it out based on if you identify that president or if you don't identify that president or whatever. So mm. don't just jump to, you know, that's a, that's the devil or whatever. It's like, just weigh it out. Everything sure. in dreams are in context. Okay. Yeah. So if that's why you have different elements in a dream is because they all play a part in making the picture. Does mm. that make sense? Yeah. It's so like what, a puzzle. Yeah. Yeah. And what about like a like a prophet? If a prophet appears to you or an evangelist or somebody you admire yeah. um, in a ministry, what what about them showing up in your dream? Yeah, it could be. I hear that a lot too, especially in churches, you know, like it could be just an invitation to partner with their gifting. That okay. God wants to grow you in the prophetic yeah. and he wants to grow you in uh, you know, as an evangelist, if it's Billy Graham or he wants to grow you in it's an invitation, like, you know, um, I got, kind of like God's view of what you're going to do on this earth while you're here. And, you know, that's the other thing, too. Let's remember that we're just here for however long we're here. Right. So we should be open to do whatever he says to do. Right. Whether we feel like doing it or not, or whether we feel uh, qualified to yeah. do it. Right. Yeah. So we just go with it. You know, yeah. every time it's an adventure. 
Yeah. And you just never know what you're going to run into or who you're going to sit by or what things are going to happen to you. So um, I just always tell people, take the shot, take the chance. So what, you know, like make it an adventure, make it fun and yeah. don't be all hesitant and all curled up and freaked out and scared. And, and uh, that's, I call it when you lose your vertical view, when you lose vertical control, and you start going horizontal and started looking at all the junk that's going on all around you. That's when you, your boat starts to sink. Same thing happened with Peter. Yeah. Yep. The same so thing happened when yeah. he said, keep your eyes right here. Jesus was saying, look right here. I, I'm going to have you do that. You're going to be able to do this if you keep your eyes on me. Mm -hmm. But if you start looking around and you see your circumstances, you're going to sink. Yeah. You know, you're going to fall. Yeah. And it's such definitely. a clear picture of what's going on right now. Like, stop looking around. Yeah. All this yeah. junk's going to, it's under his authority. He sees it all. He's got all this thing figured out. He knows what's going on. And the more we pray, the more he can work. Yeah. So, anyway. So just, um, I think we'll close out here in a, a couple minutes, but I want to kind of go back to uh, maybe to even just leave people with, with this is unless obviously there's more on your list that you needed to share. I want to, I don't, I want to get everything Cindy. Um, <laughs> but is the whole idea of shelving your preconceived ideas of what that means in somebody as they're talking, um, you talked about empathetic listening. Yes. Um, what, what, do you have any tips to kind of get people in that place? And I would imagine this is a process, right? You're not going to just go and be like, okay, now I'm not going to, how many preconceived ideas and it might be easier for somebody to shelve all of those, but you know, it's years and years and years of attributing meaning to certain things, even interjecting in your own dream language in helping someone else interpret their dream. I think that that's also, I mean, that would, I could see that as a definitely a value of shelving your own, like everything, you know, and just letting the Lord speak through the dream. But what are some, I guess, what are some tips to, to get, well, we did homework. Part? If everybody listened yeah. last week, we had homework yeah. and it was listening to someone for one minute, 10, mm -hmm. 10 different people, not yeah. one person tell 10 stories. It was 10 yeah. different people. You were supposed to listen to for one minute, tell an event, yeah. a happy event. You know? I think you said five people. Oh, did I say five? Yeah, You said five. Well, yeah. no, it was 10. I just, yeah. did. <laughs> no, just someone kidding. did 10. Someone out there did 10. Yeah. yeah. And, um, Five to so, ten. Elimination. Okay, five. five to ten. Yeah, there we go. And um, so, uh, but again, that was sympathetic listening. So it was practicing. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. The other thing we need to remember is dreams are layered. So the reason why you shelve them is because, like, we had dreams back in 1990s, mid 1990s, and they're just now coming to pass. Wow. So when I wanted yeah. to do another documentary, I got with a documentary maker. And I said, I just want to go on the streets and I just want to interpret in all the arenas and all the places that we go, because the the arena we go to is almost com as compelling as the um, the message that they may give us in a dream. Right. Mm -hmm. And the person said, well, I want to have a dream told. I want to see it lived out or activated or, or made. You know, I want to see them put it into practice. Then I want to see the result of it. And I said, that's impossible because some dreams take 30 years. That's why you would shelve a dream because yeah. you don't know if, especially if it's a God dream, it's going to have layers, mm -hmm. very similar to you reading the Bible 
and you read it and then you read it again and it has another message or it has another uh-huh. emphasis on a scripture. Yeah. It's very similar to that. It's still a message, but now you're seeing it differently because of your growth or because of the timing of it or that kind of thing. So you want to um, realize that because dreams don't instantly happen doesn't mean they're not going to. There's just a time for it. Yeah. Like okay. with prophecy, you know, like a like, prophecy. It yeah. even talks, tells us to wage a war, a good warfare, according to the prophecies given to you, mm-hmm. which means they're invitations. That doesn't mean they're absolutes. Yeah. It doesn't mean they're going to happen. You have to partner with God to see that prophetic word come to pass. Yeah. And you, that means that you partner, you're in tandem, you're working together with him. And you're warring a good warfare so that that kind of prophecy, whatever promise that was, that was given to you will come to pass because God wants it to. But you're going to have obstacles. You're going to have hindrances. You're going to have growth pains. You're going to have process. We don't honor the process. And that's a hard one. No one wants to honor the process. Everybody wants to put it in the microwave and have it work. Well, that's not often taught. And I think that, honestly, I think that's how like some atheists were made is like, they're taught, pray this, get this, say this thing, get that. And, and I think that sometimes we can look in the Bible and you'll see the fulfillment of a prophecy 20 pages later, sure, a hundred pages later. Yeah. And right. that's like, you, you lose the concept of time and that <laughs> generations passed between the, pro- the prophecy giving being given and then it's fulfillment. And so we look at, I think that's where prophecies even got a lot of, um, you know, even bad dream rap. interpretation, bad rap is, is, is yeah. poor, poor uh, theology surrounding that and the teaching of, Hey, like some of these things well, are a slow burn. If they are slow burn, yeah. you know, and God is a farmer. Everything yeah. starts in seed form. Yeah. All the parables that he taught were all about farming. They were about, uh, you know, the harvest they were about how quickly the birds come and pick the seeds up when they're you know it's just there's so many things that correlate with farming with things going in the ground with with you know it has to die first before it can bring forth much fruit uh-huh. and none of us want to hear that none of us no. want to hear that things have to go want it now come on yeah <laughs> let's go go through a process but think of the ones and think of times when you you were like i know i didn't miss it i just know that for whatever reason, I'm in this situation and this doesn't look anything like what he told me. And so God says, then come and let us reason together. In other words, why don't you ask him about it? Why don't you talk to him about it? Because he's the one who's got your timeline figured out and he knows what you're going to do, when you're going to do it and when you need to do it. Mm -hmm. And if you think about Joseph, who had the dream where he told his brothers, you know, I saw these stars, they were all bowing down to me and this that's what got him thrown in the pit, by the way. Right. Because what brother wants to hear that their brother, that you all bow down to me. It's like, right. Here's but the it, well. finally did, it finally did happen, yeah. but it didn't happen until he was thrown in a pit, put into Potiphar's house, put into prison. And then he had to stay there longer than he wanted to. And all this time mm-hmm. he didn't, he didn't have another dream. It doesn't say that he had another dream. That was it. But he became a dream interpreter. Mm-hmm. He interpreted other people's yeah. dreams. And so yeah. it's like, there's a process involved in God's um, grooming us or shaping us. And, you know, honestly, 
we have a lot of people who want to get into leadership and they want to have a big platform and they want to have a big voice and they've got a little bit of revelation and they've got no backbone and they've got no strength to support it. So yeah. when they get up there and then they start pout, you know, shouting off and whatever else, it's like you're going to get shot down if you don't yeah. know who God is. Man, and honestly too, Cindy, it's like you don't want, you do not want whatever the thing is God showed you, you do not want it if you don't have the character to support it. Oh my goodness. That's right. Just don't even, don't even bother. Like That's right, it's because be so the, painful for you. Well, and it's the parable of the house built on the sand or on the rock. Yeah. And then it says, when the storms come, not if, when they come, if your house is not built on the rock, if you do not have a personal relationship, if you don't have encounters with the Holy Spirit, yeah. if you don't have encounters with God, if you mm -hmm. don't understand his character, you don't understand the way that he has made you, who he is as father, who he is as Lord, the, the storm's going to come. And it says the destruction of the house is great. Mm. If you don't have that foundation, that's where God's getting us right now. He's saying, look at, come to me, talk to me. Stop looking around. Stop listening to all the news. Stop listening to all the junk going around. Come to me. I will tell you what happens. I will tell you where you are in the process of me bringing you into the fulfillment of your purpose and what I have for you. Mm -hmm. And people don't want to take that time. And Bobby Connor says it so well. Yeah. He says, we become way too familiar with a God we hardly know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, we just have to realize that we're in a process of learning God and learning his ways. And the only way you're really going to know that is when you go before him and you, you take that carve that time out to get before him and let him talk to you. Let him tell you what's going on. Once you do, you will never, God is light and in him, there's no darkness at all. Mm -hmm. So in his light, you will see light. And when you do, you will, everything will be illuminated and you will see things from his perspective. If I didn't know this, if I didn't have this training, if I didn't know this, cause it's been, you know, it took years in the making, I couldn't go into the porn convention. I, I couldn't go in there because everything would mess me up. Everything would, I wouldn't have, I would, I would lose my focus on my purpose of being in there in the first place because there's so much crap and there's so much distraction. So you have to know who God is and what he's called you to do. Then he gives you almost like blinders, like when you go into places, because he will give you the ability to see it from his view. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. To get behind this ministry, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Now back to the show. Yeah. Through his lens. And this is where we're facing... I think about this now. I'm thinking about Burning Man. I think about New Age. I think about, you know, the the drag queens and whatever else. And uh -huh. it's almost like this is full blown what we've seen at all these events. It's just now they're not hiding it. Mm -hmm. You don't have to pay an admission to get in. Yeah. Now, now it's just right out in your face. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and so, but God is still going to come in power mm -hmm. and he's going to uh, bring the third great awakening that we've ever seen bigger than anything we've ever known. Mm -hmm. And we've had little tastes of it along the way, but we haven't seen what he's getting ready to do. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so we just need to, you know, I like what Larry Randolph says. He's, he's a good friend and I've been, I really respect his message, you know, get as low as you can. <laughs> just go low. Yeah. Just go low. Just go with God. Just, just, just let him talk to you mm-hmm. and let him define you to you. That's another thing is identity is missing. People don't know who they are. And, you know, when I had a breakdown, you had a breakdown. We don't, mm-hmm. I'm not suggesting that all of us have to go through a breakdown. No, probably not. <laughs> probably not. But no. it just did happen for me in that time. It was yeah. 25, 30 years ago now. And I was growing in God and all that. But that's when God said, look, I made you this way for this thing. In other words, don't don't fight about your identity. I know what I made you to do. I know how I made you. I know what I made you for. And I'm going to line your path out. I'm going to open doors that no man can shut. I'm going to shut doors that no man can open. I'm going to make a way where there seems to be no way. I'm going to cover you. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to go before you and bring up the rear guard. You're not going to go out in haste or by flight, but you're going to go out with God going before us to prepare the path that he has and give us the anointing to be there and mm-hmm. to know what we're doing. He's training us to hear his voice. That's what dream interpretation will do as well. He's training us how to hear his voice. So the voice of another, we don't fall under. Yeah. Okay. I hear the voice of the good shepherd and the voice of another, I don't listen to. And so once you have that, this is what's missing is foundational truth. And so once you have that, Everything else will come along with it. You know, you just don't. It's like buying parts of a car, but you don't have the car. <laughs> you know, yeah. like you don't even have the full car. You're just uh-huh. you're just focusing on the steering wheel because it's so pretty and it's so round and whatever mm-hmm. else, you know. And it's like, well, it's just part of a car. Mm-hmm. It's not the whole thing. It's yeah. not the whole picture. So God's trying to get us to a place now where we'll stop fretting about all things and begin to take him. and look in his face and listen to what he says. And he give us, he will give us, he says, I will counsel you with my eye, but you have to have eye contact. Hmm. So yeah. that's where we're at right now. He'll, he'll help you understand truth. Yeah. So man, this is like so dense and so good, Cindy. <laughs> uh, honestly, I'm like, I don't know. It, it, it just, you have such a way of being like, Hey, Stop trying to put like a science to like this. Just go out and just do do it. Like just go out and and practice, uh, practice. Yeah, go and practice, but also make you know get your get your relationship squared away with the one who made you. Mm-hmm. So you know nothing's going to happen apart from him anyway. Right. You can have all the best gifts in the world, and I've seen some of the best gifted people fall hard. Yeah. I've you know, and and that's been just in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. you know, having been born again and been in Bible school and all these different things. It's like, I've seen some pretty gr- incredibly gifted people fall very hard, mm-hmm. but so your gifts are given and fruit is grown and you're going to, they're going to know you by your fruit. Yeah. They're going to know you by who you serve and who you are and the love that you have one for another. Mm-hmm. So all of these things are foundational, but they're missing. Yeah. And it really bothers me when, you know, all these, this attention is given to all these things that don't have any real substance, you know, like the courtroom or whatever else. It's like, well, get, what about your relationship with, with God himself? Mm-hmm. What about what you learn firsthand? I mean, if you think about all the people that were, that were chosen by God really to 
to head up or to steward a huge move of God. They they had to go through a lot of hard stuff. Maria Woodworth Etter, she lost what seven, six of her seven kids. And, oh wow, I didn't know yeah, that. Mm-hmm. And God still asked her, "Are you willing to serve me?" She has some of the most impacting manifestations of the power of God with people, just scores of people getting healed and saved and set free, but it cost her some stuff, you know? And, um, and Amy simple, she had to fight against all these different, you know, people coming against her. And even Hollywood was impacted by her creativity, which I thought was amazing because there's so little of it now in the church. It's sad. I know. And then, you know, you've got William Seymour, who was just a humble man who God decided that he would pour out his spirit on Azusa street in California. And it just had epic waves of, of impact and physical manifestations, physical too. manifestations. Yeah, I mean, all kinds of things, the yeah. Welsh revival, you know, and I went there, I went to Mariah temple. I saw it for myself, you know, and, and I'm looking around thinking there was a little woman there. And she said, um, in that day, she said, I was small. I was like three when all this was happening. This was a few years ago. She's dead now, I'm sure. She was in her 90s. And um, she said, do you see across the street? She said, that used to be a field. And because people could not get in to the building where Jonathan Edwards was. Jonathan, is that right? Jonathan Evans. What's his name? Welsh Revival. Y'all can look it up. I'm looking um, it up. Okay. It went right out of my head when I was going to say it. Anyway, he, she said that used to be a field and people couldn't get in. The businesses closed and uh, a warehouses shut down and bars shut down. And, and everyone was out in the field at three in the morning. Evan Roberts. Evan Roberts. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we got it. Uh, um, and, uh, and he was a teenager, by the way. He was not very old. He was about 18 or 19 years old. and. And uh, she said they would be out in the field at three in the morning and they would be uh, praying in circles and people, the power of God would come on them so strong. And she was just a little girl when all that was happening, but she happened to be there the day that I went to see that place. And she gave me a firsthand understanding right now. When you look across at Mariah uh, uh, temple, there's a convenience store. So there's no longer a field. It's a convenience store. Wow. So, and so I'm like, everything has a timing. Everything has, but God's looking on the heart. He always does. And that's how we go out. That's why we do dreams for people because God's looking on the heart and dreams are a vehicle of communication with people that don't know him. In the last days, he's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm looking for people that are having God encounters and they don't even know it. Yeah. Come and on. So, and I'm, I'm like, we're just, we're just at the tip of this. It's a tipping point. It's mm-hmm. so important because dreams are going to be a major player in the days to come. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So Cindy, do you have any, any homework for people this week? <laughs> homework. What are we going to do? Yeah. I want you to do something. This will be kind of fun to see. Maybe we can even put some answers in the chat for next week. Okay. But I want you to think about different animals in a dream. And when you, when you see an animal that's in a dream, 
decide whether it's good or bad, whether it's an, a predator or it's not. And then what is the distincting, distinctive characteristic of the animal? Okay. How's that? I like that. Okay. I like and it. that way, like we talked about alligators, the most common, right up front, easy to see uh, thing about an alligator is their mouth. So if a person has a dream that an alligator is attacking them, what is, where is the attack coming from and what, what impact does it have? Well, it's a big mouth. It has to do with gossip. It has to do with slander. Usually, you know, it's not, it's not a friendly thing. You're not going to take an alligator home and befriend it, beat it and lay with it in bed, you know, that kind of thing. So um, you have to see where this is coming from. So I'm just thinking that'll help you to think outside the box and it will help you to identify what is the characteristic of that. Like someone had a, a dream about a, a platypus and I had no clue yeah. what that even was, you know? So I had to look it up and I had to think about well, what's the characteristic and why is it in this dream? And what, what does it have to do with, I mean, that's so clear and mm-hmm. so unusual that it has to have some kind of, um, there has to be a reason why. And then you contrast why was it a platypus and not a bear? Right. Why was it, you know, why was it that and not a dog or not a zebra or a, a giraffe or an elephant, you know? So because why this, not that will be a big help in learning to interpret dreams. Yeah. Cause I feel like why? even this, this exercise is good, not just for animals. And so if anybody thinks that it's just about animals, it's not, but it's a good starting point to get you to start to think deeper about these things okay well what you know like you're talking about with an alligator oh what it's 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 maw it's its mouth is its is its defining feature um i know i can see the value and then applying that to so many other things in dreams not just animals so this will be good yeah well i hope this answered some questions i do know just so you know that i know that oftentimes any type of a dream course like this will create more questions than it answers. Yeah. So it took a lot of years and I'm still learning as I go. There's still times when I'm stumped. There's still times when I have to really consider and I have to, I have to, you know, repeat back the dream in order for me to get the clarity of what I'm supposed to be giving an answer to. Mm-hmm. that's another reason you repeat it back, which I didn't do for you, Jeff. I'm sorry, but that's okay. I just heard it new, but, um, but you repeat back because it helps you also make sure you have clarity on what they've just told you. Yeah. And so again, it's, it's really a fun exercise. It becomes fun, especially when you tell them that you're practicing. When you tell people that you're practicing, they have a lot of grace for you yeah. and they actually want to help you. Yeah. And maybe Christian next or not, week, I would imagine. Yeah. yeah. Maybe next week, too, we'll get off just a little bit into tattoo reading, which Ooh, I think is really fun, too. Yes. Yeah. So, Doug Addison you know, does that, doesn't he? Doesn't he do He does tattoo? that, yeah. Well, yeah. in fact, we were kind of together, and we were all like, okay, well, what does this mean? And why that and this? And so, yeah, we, we, we're good friends, mm-hmm. and Barbie's a good friend. And so we, yeah. we were all like, 
there's got to be more. I mean, so where do we go with this? Because it's uh-huh. it's in, inexhaustible. I mean, seriously. And and yeah. also dreams are inexhaustible. You're never, they're never going to be, you won't run out of material. Yeah, there's always going to be some slight variation, even if the dream is mm-hmm. similar, there's always going to be some slight variation. Mm-hmm. So. So okay. we'll do that. It's just fun. Yeah, that'll be I'm yeah, that'll be great. Okay, I'm gonna have you pray for people. Okay. And then we're gonna peace out of here, Cindy. All right. So God, I just want to thank you, Jesus, for your love and for your humor. Yeah. God, and that you love so much that we even want to invest in you want to invest in us uh dreams, messages. Yeah. And so I'm asking God that you would just open up uh the our understanding in the night seasons. Mm-hmm that you would give us the ability to understand you. I want to pray against any type of fear kind of thing. I'm going to pray uh, Proverbs 19, 24, I think it is, or 25. It says, the fear of the Lord leads to life that one may sleep satisfied, untouched by evil. And it's only in the New American Standard Bible that it says it like that. Um, The fear of the Lord leads to life that you may sleep satisfied, untouched by evil. So we just break off any evil assignment, any any shut down dreams that people have shut down because of fear, because of torment, because of night terrors, because of those kinds of things. And I just ask you, God, that you would remove all of the negative stuff and all of the scary stuff with your presence in the night season, that you're going to guide us in the night season that you're going to give us the ability to see your ways and your purpose. And we just thank you for that. And I thank you, God, for doing it. Bless every listener. And that you're just going to give us more and more dreams as the times go on. Yes, Lord. So that was Proverbs 19.23, everybody. You can can write it on a (laughs) post-it and put it on your bathroom mirror. Uh, Only in the New Living, uh, New American Standard Bible. It's in that. Yeah. 1923. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I get my addresses all mixed. It's all good. You were close. You were very close. close. Yeah. Uh, So um, before, I don't want you to choke because you're, you're. uh, I know, right? I was like, like, but um, you've got a book. People can Uh uh, take this to the next level and read your book, which is called. What your t- dreams are telling you. Yeah, what your Unlocking dreams are telling solutions you. while you sleep. Yeah. And this is words that work. This is this is all of the mysteries and all of the fun things and things that God has given us strategies for reaching people in dark places with language they can understand. And you and get a not, great uh, like a glossary sort of in the back or use this not I do. that. Say this That's not awesome. that. Yeah, say because this not that. The world doesn't understand Christian language. No. They haven't been with us in church and they don't sing those songs. Mm-hmm. And so they don't read that Bible. So yeah. uh, this is for, a, 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 you know, this is a world living in darkness and yeah. it gives you language to communicate with them where they can comprehend and understand what you're saying. Yep. Cause when yeah. you go out and you say the Bible says they don't believe you and they don't want to hear anything. And they don't yet. care a lot of times. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, I hope this was helpful. Oh, I think it was. If nothing else, it's fun. Yeah. Know? Oh, I know it was helpful. And I think there's no way you're going to be able to condense everything in a topic like this or any of the teaching series we have. There's no, there's no way that you're going to be able to condense everything. Um, but it should at least concentrate things enough that people can grab a hold of some stuff. That's That's kind of the idea. Yeah. Yeah. And then obviously you are on Instagram and 
Facebook and SydneyMcGill.com. And Rumble.org. .org. Okay. Guys, it says .com on there. Please don't go to SydneyMcGill.com. Go to .org. We'll fix that for next time. Yeah. So, Cindy, seriously, thank you so much. This is awesome. And I, but everybody, that is our show. Um, obviously, there's a donation link at the end, elijahfire.com slash donate. We're a small team and it takes a lot of resources. So, we really appreciate that. We appreciate the prayer. Keep us in your prayers. Uh, we definitely covered those. So, everybody, have an amazing, amazing day. And we'll see you tomorrow at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. Bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today. 